0: Hello and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me to Luke, the second chapter. Hallelujah. Jesus here was 12 years old. He was not where he was supposed to have been, according to his parents. They had, had left and gone and headed home, and, and after a couple of days' journey, found they couldn't find him, and they came back looking for him, and they found him in the synagogue. And, of course, they were upset. You know, that was that 12-year-old that age, it's what I call the zombie zone, where they just don't have a clue. You know, they're out in space somewhere. They don't, don't think about... Why would that be a problem? You know, what's your problem? But anyway, Jesus was, I think, you know, in some ways a typical 12-year-old. But anyway, when his parents got there, they said, what are you doing? This is what he answered in verse uh, 49. It says, how is it that you sought me? Why are you looking for me? Really? Parents who haven't seen you in two days, you have to ask them why they're looking for you. Come on. Anyway, it goes on and it says, Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? Well, now, Joseph is standing there, but Jesus was saying, I must be about my father's business. My father. Well, who told him who his father was? Did his mama tell him that that his father was God, that she had been overshadowed by the Holy Ghost? Were there stories in the neighborhood circulating about, about how they had to flee the country, go into Egypt to avoid being killed? Did anybody tell him stories, you know, about how wise men came to their house and loaded them up with frankincense and gold and myrrh? Did anybody? T- I suspect that what he did was he f- discovered for himself in the word who he was. That and a witness on the inside of him told him who he was. You know, that really kind of stands to reason just for you and me. If we would take a look in the Word, we'll find out who we are. You know, back, you know, years ago, um, I've got to find me. I've got to find, I've got to find. Listen, for the believer, you can find yourself right here. Whatever you think you are whatever think you think you ought to be whatever you think somebody else says you are doesn't mean a thing when you find out who you are right here because when you find out who you are in the word of god nothing else matters absolutely nothing doesn't matter what anybody else says doesn't matter what anybody else thinks You don't care what their opinion is of you. You don't care what their thoughts are on you. You don't care anything about what they think. All you you care about is who you are according to the word of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a child of God. I am above and not beneath. You can go through a whole litany of things. But Jesus found himself in the word. And uh, as as he recognized the fact that he was the son of God, he recognized who his father was, and he recognized that it wasn't all about him, that it was about his father's business. I found some scriptures in John 4, It says, my meat," which I'm going to interpret that as my job, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You know, on the day after Christmas, you know, I read you a whole thing about Jesus in every book of the Bible. And and if you'll see that God had a plan from the very beginning. And Jesus can be seen in every book of the Bible. But Jesus understood that what God started, he had to finish. It was his job. That was his job was to finish the work of the Father. John 6, 38 says, For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 9, verse 4 says, I must work the work of him who sent me. And John 12, 45 says, And he that sees me sees him that sent me me. You know, in the day and age that Jesus grew up, it was typical for any son born in a family, especially a first son, to follow in their father's footsteps as far as occupation. And so, you know, Jesus basically was doing that. He was part of the family business. He was going to follow in his father's footsteps. And, um, you know, it, it stands to reason that you and I when we become believers, we're not our own anymore. We're not our own. We have become children of the living God. We 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 look around and we see that our see ourselves and we see that uh, that we are children. We're heirs and joint heirs. Let's see. Let me find my scripture here. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Romans eight. Go to me. Romans eight. Let's start in verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God and daughters. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if heirs, then heirs, joint heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ we are part of the family and as such we have become part of the family business you know Jesus himself um, had to look into the scripture to find out what his job was he needed, he knew he came to do what God wanted finished he need that's the business he came to do And so one of the very first indications of what he knew that he was supposed to do, you can find over in Luke 4, starting in verse 18. He's quoting from the Old Testament here when he he got up and he read this in the synagogue. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Ooh, hallelujah. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised or oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He began to find out what his job was. Let me tell you, for each and every one of us, we can take the same scripture and can declare it over ourselves that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has anointed me. You put your own name in there. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. He has sent me to set at liberty them that are bruised. He has sent me to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He was defining the business that he was now in. That's the business. That's the business model, you know, as we would say. That's what God had laid out for him to do. And that's what he's laid out for you and me to do. You know, and you see Jesus... In his, in his beginning stages, and he, asked, he went about for the next three years doing those things. In Acts 10, 38, it says, Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Matthew 4, 23 says, Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and disease among the people. Like I said, as believers, we are sons and daughters of the same Father. And if Jesus was called into the business model of the Father God, you and I are called into the same business model. Too often we look at our earthly occupations. When somebody says, what business are you in? Well, I'm in construction. Well, I'm in banking. Well, I'm in this. I'm in that. I'm in other. No, you're in the kingdom business. That's the business you're in. Too often our earthly business ventures take too much of our time, take too much priority in our lives. We put so much energy and we put so much effort and we put so much emphasis on the things that we do in the natural that we lose sight, that we're here to do kingdom business. And all the rest of this natural stuff is just what we do to bring income into our lives. And we're supposed to. The Bible says a man that won't work shouldn't eat. There's, you need to set your hands to something and do something. Not, you know, too much of our population right now, I think I said this last week, has an idea and this whole philosophy about, well, I deserve. No, you don't. You don't deserve it. No, you deserve what you earn. You deserve what you pay for. You know, as far as this world's economy is concerned, nobody owes you anything. And if you go on the job and you don't do your job, your employer doesn't owe you paying you. You're paid to do a job. I mean, I, I know somebody who was, you know, loved the Lord, but he'd had no clue that when he was on his natural job, he needed to do what his natural employer needed him to do and hush. If you want to witness to people, you know, you can do just a little bit here and there, but you don't need to take an hour out of your employer's time To go witness to somebody and pat yourself on the back that you did good. No, you did not. You robbed your employer. That's my little soapbox. How about that? But we spend too much time on this world's natural business. Well, why should we set that aside? Because the kingdom business that God has assigned to us has eternal results. They're eternal ramifications. How much of an eternal impact are you going to have as a construction guy? How much of an eternal impact is is your banking business going to have? How much of your of an eternal impact is anything you do in the natural going to have in eternity? How much? You it puts you in places where you have opportunities to minister to people, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to share the gospel with people. It puts you in places and in contact with people that you can make an eternal impact on with eternal results. And so we have to keep that in mind. His business has got to take priority in our thinking, the way we approach life. And all the things that we do, how do we incorporate God's business plan into all the other things that we have going on in our lives? It should be not something that we that we just have to you know just you know that's all I can think about. No, no. It, but it should be something that that is an attitude that we go around in our li- daily lives with all the time. How does this work? How do, how do I conduct kingdom business in the middle of all these other natural, necessary things that I have to take care of? There is a way because God, that's what he planned. You may have to work with your hands or, or your mind or, or whatever you know to, to earn an income in this life, but still there's a place. There's a place for you to keep his business plan first and foremost in your thinking you know um i uh I, I looked at this today and I thought, okay, let's see you got a business plan here God's the owner of the business. Jesus and the Holy Ghost are in upper management, and the five fold ministry people are middle management and uh there's an order to this thing. There really is. And so for, for you and me, you know, we have been given some, you know, if you, if you go to work for somebody, you know, you, what you really want is you want, a, you want a job description when you go to work for them. And so, you know, we've seen, we've seen the job description over there in Luke, you know, that we've already, we've already talked about. And, and yet, there, here's some more general job description. 2 Corinthians 5.18, go over there. 2 Corinthians 5.18. Well, you just can't do 5.18 without going to 5.17. I'm sorry. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. You just need to read that just, just because it's a good reminder. A verse 18, and all things. What things? All these things, all these new things. All these things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us, given to us, given to us, here's part of your job description, given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ." And what does an ambassador do? An ambassador represents his home country. As an ambassador, you represent the business that you're employed by. And you are employed. You are. You're not doing anything for God that that he expects you to do for free. It's of your own free will that you do it. But God has got some terrific benefits. The pay is awesome. I mean, you can't even begin to calculate the kind of pay you get when you work for him. You, you, I mean, you can't. But as ambassadors, we represent him. You know, I, you know. Over the years, you know, you deal with certain people in, in business. You know, things and in business. You know, episodes and and uh, you you represent the company that you work for. And many is the company that I have had a very bad um, attitude toward or a very bad vision of because their employee, their ambassador was not exactly tip top. You ever seen that? I I remember years ago, we had, we had something happen with a, with a, a particular thing and and uh, I, I called up this, the business, and, and they gave me some kind of runaround. And, and you know what their, one, one of their things was, was finally was, well, you know, it was, I mean, they really did a, did a disservice. And they said, but you're a church. And I'm going, and what does that mean? I'm in business just like you're in business. This part of, this part of being a church is business. And, you know, if you're going to, if you want my business, our money, then you better do something a little differently than what you just did. Well, you know, my employee, no, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, shove all the blame off on them. They represent you. Is this, is this how you want me to perceive your company? No. So, you know, we had a little chat. And uh, we came to an agreement, you know, and I got what I wanted out of them. So, (laughs) but anyway, so we're ambassadors. We're employees. We represent the head guy, the owner of the business everywhere we go. And there's a lot of people who have a very bad taste about Christianity because of the very bad Christians they've run into. That is not the way to conduct business for God. God is not happy with that. You know, maybe, you're, well, I am just having a bad day. Well, well, okay, maybe you're having a bad day. Then go back and apologize. Go back and make it right. Don't make excuses. Too often, too many people are making excuses or passing the buck to somebody else about why their attitude and their, and their conduct was so lousy. God doesn't accept that. We should not accept that. We should do what it takes to make it right when we, when we present the wrong picture to people in this world, whether they're a brother or sister in the Lord, whether they're just somebody who knows nothing about God. Don't give them that opportunity to think ill of our Father and the business that he's in. Hallelujah. And then you go on. We we can be more specific in our job description. You know, there are times, you know, you've got an overall picture. I'm going to come into this company, and I'm going to be in HR. And then you get right down to it. Then there's more more specific. In HR, I'm going to be doing this, this, and this. Well, here, let's go to Mark chapter 16. Let's get more specific. Well, no, let's go to Matthew 28 first. Matthew 28. Jesus is giving, Jesus, upper management, is giving some instruction about, about our job. Verse 18, he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. See, he's been authorized by the owner. And then it goes on, and says, go ye therefore. Okay, he's been authorized, now he's authorizing you. He's, he's giving you the responsibility. He's, he's taking the responsibility for the Father gave him, and he is delegating some responsibility to you. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now go with me to Mark 16. Verse 15. And he said unto them, I like, because this is the same same account, but, you know, worded differently because people hear things differently. Anyways, here in verse 15, it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe." In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So here he is. He's giving you a little more specific guidelines for what your job is all about. Now, go with me to 1 Corinthians. Hallelujah. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. Hallelujah. Well, let's see. Let's start in verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members... And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is there therefore not of the body? The ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? And now God hath set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. God has specific assignments for every single person. And he's the one who decided what your assignment is. Not you. He's decided. It's it's in your best interest if you will decide to hear God and find out what your assignment, your specific assignments are so that you can fulfill them and please the Father. Because I'm telling you what, if you don't, the grace that enables you to do what he has asked you to do, will not be there. There, With every assignment comes grace to achieve that assignment. And if you're trying to do something God did not assign to you, there won't be any grace to do it. And you're going to have a royal mess on your hands before it's over. You know, I I want you to understand that when I see this, I see the fact that, that the church is one of the departments you know it 's one of the departments of the biz, of the business, and every local church is a department that has a specific duty, and that we has, as a body, God has assigned us to different departments. Listen to me, God has assigned us to different departments, and he doesn 't give you leave to leave until he tells you to leave. He doesn't give you permission to do it your own way. He doesn't give you permission to say, well, no, I don't think I want to do that today. That You don't have permission for that. It costs you. It costs you. I've, I've seen people who, you know, have an employee with an attitude and they dismiss them without pay for a week. Hmm. I suspect as a natural employer, if a natural employer could do that, I suspect God probably can do the same. He could set some people aside without the pay he wanted them to have because they won't do what he asked them to do. Hmm. Sobering thought, isn't it? People wonder sometimes how come life is just so hard. Well, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Are you where you're supposed to be? Is your attitude okay? Nothing nothing worse than, a, than an employee with a lousy attitude. I mean, nobody wants to be around you, not even God. <laughs> I mean, get your act together. But let me tell you. As we go down here, and we go to verse 28, it says, God has set some in the church, and he's talking about ministry gifts. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, and here it is, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. You and I are in the helps ministry. Now, you say, Pastor Angela, this is a listing of the fivefold ministry gifts. Absolutely. Your pastor is listed right here in Helps and Governments. And what does that mean to you and me? That means that we are to come alongside our pastor and help. Help fulfill the mandate he's been given, the assignment he's been given. We're working under his assignment. We are part of the pastor's ministry. You know, duties may change over the years. You know, things may come, may go, but God doesn't release you from that department. You know, in Matthew 25, there's the, the, uh, the, the parable about the, the man who gave all these, these three different servants all the different talents and what they did with them. You know, and God gives every person assignments, and he wants you to take those assignments and make the most of them. Not just sit on your hands and go well it 's good enough i 'm satisfied i don 't really nobody really needs me yet yeah, if you 're here you 're needed you 're needed it 's not enough to just come and say well there 's nothing i, you know, I, I don 't need to do anything because you know they don 't they don't need anything and you know i don 't really know how to do anything and actually what you 're really saying is without saying it is i don 't want to do anything but but, no, that's not true. There is a part, play. Like we just read it, you know, that every part, every part has a function. Every part is necessary. If your little toe, if you st- suddenly missed your little toe, you would know. It would affect the rest of your body. Because that little toe has an impact on your balance. It has an impact on how you walk. Your little toe is important. An old family friend of ours you know that that pastor met years ago you know is family, my family's uh you know part partly uh uh acquaintance of mine and it was wonderful sweet man and uh which finger was it he had lost was it his middle finger? Maybe it was in this in an index finger. I don't know. Anyway, and he said, made some makes some some kind of light comment to him about you know about well if you got to miss got to lose a finger. I guess that's a good one to miss. He goes, well, I don't think there's any good one to miss. You know, every one of your fingers is necessary. If you didn't need all of them, God would not have put them there. There, there's a, there is a function for every single one of, and there's a function for every single person who is part of a local church. And everybody is supposed to be part of a local church. You don't exist out there in the, in the ozone on your own, doing your own thing and think that's pleasing to God. No, you're not part of the business plan. You're not, you're not part of the business model when you're out there on your own, not functioning with other people. It's not right for you to come in. Just like the man who, who was given a talent and just went and hid it away. Just hid it away. And, and it came back later going, oh, well, you just, you just expect too much. I just couldn't do it. No. Listen, God may expect a lot, but he knows he's put a lot in you. That you are more than capable and more than qualified to do what he's asked you to do. Yeah, but I can't. You know, sometimes that's a good thing for you to know that you can't. Because when you think you can, you don't depend on God to help you do what he's asked you to do. When the day comes that you realize that in and of yourself you are unqualified and cannot do the job he's asked you to do, that's the day you're ready to be used. When you have to depend on him to get you into that place where you're usable and where you're profitable to him. You can't flit from one church to another can mm, can't do it. Because every church is a family. You know, how would you feel if, if your children came in and decided, I'm not going to be part of the family today. I'm gonna go, today I'm going to be part of their family. I'm going to go eat at their house. I'm going to go sleep at their house. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do that. Why? Because maybe they're having macaroni and cheese t- t- over there, and you're not having it over here. I don't know. See, that's what happens when people go from church to church. They think that they can go over there and get, and get some more goodies that they can't get here. Somebody be nicer to them than they are over here. Somebody won't require anything over there that they require here. You can't do that. You cannot flit from church to church no more than you can flit from family to family. You belong to one family, overall, overall the family of God. But you belong to one church family and you need to be committed to that one church family. And not have your, your, your attention divided in all these different places. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, the man who wants to have two wives. Really? Really? Oh, you, you want to you go? No, 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 no. It's not always fun where you're supposed to be. Sometimes there are teachable moments. And we don't always really enjoy those teachable moments. But they're necessary. Pastor's been talking about sufferings. How it's part of growing. And so your teachable moments when you come to church are part of growing. Like tonight. Yes. Hallelujah. God has specific things he wants you to learn. In any business, they're willing to train you. And see, God's willing to train you. That's why he brings you into a family. That's why he brings you into into this department of his business model. He wants to train you, and he wants the person that's in charge of this department to be the one who trains you. Why? Because he needs you to get trained for what he has ahead for you. There's reasons why God wants you to be in one place and stay put. Not, not go from place to place because it's not comfortable anymore. It's not fun anymore. It's not exciting anymore. You're not doing this. You know, the owner of the company doesn't ask you your opinion. He doesn't know what you what you think. He don't care what you think. It's just this is how we're going to do it. Get in line and let's just do it. God has specific things for you to learn. And, and I looked and I, and I found uh, some, uh, some scriptures in the Old Testament that I really, really, really liked. 1 Samuel 10, 26 was talking about David. Had all these people, you know, came and they joined themselves to David. And, and it said, and, and they, they, were, they were some miserable people. But it says that he joined, there was this band of men whose, God, whose hearts God had touched. See, that's the thing. When you become part of a local church family, it should be because your heart has been touched. And when God touches your heart, he doesn't change it two years from now. He doesn't say, okay, let's, let's just separate you and send you on to somebody else. No. He, he wants people whose hearts are in it. And then I found Zechariah 4.10. It says, don't, this is the New Living Translation. It says, don't despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. You know, so many times, you know, we've had people come in over the years, you know, who maybe came from somewhere else. And maybe they moved to this, this area, you know, or whatever. Or maybe God just led them from one church to another because they were looking for something more. And yet they wanted, they thought they had all these talents and abilities and they weren't willing to start in something less than what they thought they were capable of. Listen, don't despise the day of small beginnings. It's okay. Because God sees the work begin in you, and he rejoices. Sometimes we have to take take a position, you know, in the plan of God, so that we can unlearn some things, so that then he can turn around and train us the right way. And then there is this... We need, we need time to develop in some skills. There are things that God has in our future that we need to be put in places where we start developing the skills that we're going to need for the place he ultimately has us. We won't always be in the same position we are. We've seen over the years how somebody moved from this place to this place to this place to this place. You know, their faithfulness and their willing to be, become skillful in something is what caused them to be promoted into another place, you know, and then there are times when you just, you know, it's just time to change something. For what, 15 years, I sang on the platform and pastor kept saying, kept saying, you need to stop that. We got, you got, you got other things you need to be doing. I'm going, yeah, but I like doing that. And, and honestly, one day I finally just went, okay, you know, great attitude on my part. Uh, All right, fine, I'll do that. And uh, it wasn't too long. I thought, why did it take me so long to stop doing that? Listen, if you're just willing to do what God wants you to do, even though you liked what you were doing, you're going to like what you're going to do even better. You're going to be a better blessing, a bigger blessing to the people around you because you decided to do what, what you were asked to do. Um, there are times for us, you know, to learn to be skillful in, in things that we never even dreamed we could do. Uh, there's a young man out in California who was hired as nothing more than than praise and worship. He was the music minister and all that kind. Of, and he got he got involved in 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 video and editing and all kinds of stuff. And he is the most tremendous blessing now in addition to being involved in the music that I've and he didn't know a thing when he went to that church. Didn't know a thing about all that. But he was willing. We need to be willing to serve wherever we're asked to serve because if you're in the ministry of helps, you should be honored to be asked to do anything instead of grumbling and whining about where they ask me to serve, when they ask me to serve. If you've got all these qualifications on, on how you can serve, your heart needs to get right. If you have to, if you have to mod, have everybody modify the schedule for your benefit, you got a problem. You're not part of the of the business like you should. You know, we come to church and we're, this this business model right here is where we learn how to walk in love. It's where we learn where we learn how to serve. It's where we learn how to be forbearing with one another. It's where we learn how to be forgiving with one another. You know, you, well, I can learn that at home with my family because I have a lot to do. That <laughs> listen. Your family is your family. You can't get rid of them. Too many people have turned around and, and turned their back on their church family and walked out the door. This is where we learn to do the things that we need to do in spite of how we're treated, instead of, in, in spite of how we're received, in spite of how we're acknowledged. This is where we learn all of those things. And, and that's part of doing the kingdom business. And I said a while ago, um I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda taper this down. Um you know, when I, was, when I was going through this I thought that the family business going you know, it kind of took me back to like the mafia. You know. You know, yeah, we're in the business. Yeah, they're in the business. I'm gonna make them an offer they can't refuse. I wish we could make people an offer they couldn't refuse. But as far as, you know, out there, people can refuse it. But in the kingdom business world, God wants to make you some offers you can refuse. But it's going to cost you. It'll cost you. But when you just say, yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do, Whenever you want me to do it. That's when you find out the riches in the paycheck that are coming your way. And let me tell you, there is no retirement from this kingdom business. None. Yeah, but I'm 85. I don't care. There's no retirement. The only, the, there is no such word as retirement in the kingdom business. There's a word called promotion and that promotion comes when you go to heaven. That's all there is. Retirement's out. You are not retired. My aunt, my aunt Bobby, died in um, in November, and uh, she was ninety three. She and my uncle Virgil had pastored uh, for over sixty years, and um, and uh, she was not in great health the last few years. But she was ninety three years old, and uh, we went to Louisiana. Uh, quick trip out there and, and back, you know, for the for the funeral service. I got to do her funeral service. My cousins were going. I've never we've never seen a woman do a funeral. I'm going. Well, now you have, you know. Okay, and uh, and so you know, I, I had an opportunity to do that, and and, I, and I, I so appreciated the opportunity that my uncle gave me to do that. It was just it was it was incredible. And uh, here's the thing. My aunt was 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 ninety three. They'd been married for seventy six years. I think it was. And um, maybe seventy-four years, but my uncle—you know—I I just talked to my my cousin, you know, texted him just last week, and I said, "How's Uncle Virgil doing?" He's ninety-three. He's no longer pastoring, but but my cousin wrote me back, and he said he seems to be really doing good. Of course, he misses my mom, but he knows you know, she's not suffering anymore. He said, "But he's he's preached three times already at their church." He's back to visiting people in their homes and in the hospital and the nursing homes. He's, In fact, he called me this morning and said he had errands to go do. And I went, that's a man who does not know what retirement is. He's only going to retire when he's promoted. When the last promotion comes his way and he enters the gates of heaven, that's when he retires from what he's doing down here. That's when he says, I'm done with business. I'm done. And so we should all be like that. Um, and I'll just end it with this. Go with me to Psalms 1. This was mentioned Sunday morning and Sunday night. And, uh, and so I, I was thinking about it, and I just went back to it this afternoon. And it says, this applies to kingdom business, being about my father's business. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, the ungodly say there's nothing to this church business. Why are you going to church all the time? Why do you put all your time and effort and energy into it? Why do you give your money? Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the godly, nor sin stands in the way of sinners who doesn't let themselves be pulled out of church by other people, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That can apply to people sitting in the pew next to you. You know, who pats you on the back when you're offended about something, you know, and tell you, it's okay, baby. It's all right. They did you bad. I understand. No, 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 no. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate in day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit. That's what you're after. You're after. We're looking for some productivity here. Brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither and whatsoever he does shall prosper. That's you and I are called into the father's business. I'm all about my father's business. And if I'm all about my father's business, whatever I put my hands to is going to prosper. It's going to prosper. It's going to prosper because I work for the right company. I work for the right boss. I work for the one who takes care of his employees. He is employee friendly. He wants me to succeed. He wants me to succeed more than I want to succeed. But I have to keep in mind that I am about my father's business. Everywhere we go and every day, everybody we come in contact with should be looked at through the lens of I am an employee of my father's company. And I want to represent him well. I want to increase and enlarge his company. That's my assignment. Let me go back to Luke. Let me just end with this. Luke 4. Hallelujah. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Hallelujah. And I want you to know this is a picture of you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Are you signed up? Are you on the payroll? Amen. We're about our Father's business. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching.